My name is Sean Jordan. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. Here we'll be discussing the history and legacy behind disabled hunters, trappers, anglers, and how they adapt and persevere in the woods, on the line, and on the water. Welcome everyone to the podcast. I'd like to introduce our guest for today. Guest is Hunter Kale, a competition shooter for Three Gun PRS, USPSA, and IPSC, all while doing it with no hands. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate you coming on, like I say to everyone, but I do appreciate you coming on. I uh, saw you shooting those guns on Instagram and I'm like, please say yes. <laughs> when I asked, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm one of those guys, but I, uh, I've been wanting to get somebody from three gun. I talked to, uh, Taylor Abney or she, the seeker on Instagram and, uh, asked her if she knew of anybody. She mentioned some individuals, which, um, I think I got a hold of a couple, but, and then I gotcha. saw you, I'm like, Hey, <laughs> you shoot three gun, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Do a so, little bit of everything. All right. That's, that's always a fun part. So let's just start with history and, you know, family history, the usual. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, I'm 28, uh, was born this way. Um, I popped out a couple months early. Um, the doctors didn't think I was going to make it. Um, they tried to go ahead and end it before it all began and all that good stuff. Um, but parents luckily were uh, big against that and, um, they wanted to give me mm-hmm. the best chance that they could. Um, they said once I did come out that I had two weeks and well, here I am, <laughs> uh, pretty much my whole life. I've pretty much given everything 120% that I could try to do. Um, there wasn't many mm-hmm. things that I just really didn't want to do. Uh, most things like soccer and stuff like that, where it didn't really require hands, I didn't necessarily want to do. So I've always kind of been one of those mm-hmm. people that's, uh, wanted to go and do the harder route. That's for sure. Uh, been a big hunter most of my life. I've done a lot of bow hunting, um, tons of gun hunting, uh, been all across the States from Maine all the way over to Colorado, uh, Arizona, all that good stuff. Um, Traveled all across the country, all across the world, actually, for shooting IPSC and um, three gun and things like that. I've competed in Russia for mm-hmm. IPSC rifle. I competed in Italy for IPSC shotgun. I was on the open team for both of those, the U.S. open team. Um, in the States, I've competed in three gun pretty much in every state here, except for like maybe New York and a few of the other ones that are kind of not mm-hmm. really gun friendly. But um, yeah, I've pretty much tried like hell to do everything. Uh, people tell me I can't do it just for spite, I guess. I'm a very spiteful fellow. <laughs> um, I'm very I'm competitive, angry. <laughs> extremely competitive too. So that competitive drive definitely pushed me over the top. So how I got into shooting actually was I was a very big video game guy. Call of Duty was my ish. I've done a lot of game battles and stuff like that for money back in the day. Um, Tried to do a little streaming side of things as well for all that, but got bored. I got to be outside doing stuff. Sitting behind a screen mm-hmm. all day is definitely monotonous in itself. Um, so I decided to pick up some guns and see what I could do. So since I already had the hunt background, I knew firearm safety and all that stuff. I could shoot guns. It's not like I was unable to and things of that nature. Done a lot of airsoft, a lot of paintball. 
Um, so I didn't think it would be too complicated. So I went with the Call of Duty style guns. I got me a SCAR uh, 16. I got AKs, all like fun stuff. Pretty much anything in Call of Duty that I could get behind and shoot, I tried to get. And then uh, mm-hmm. quickly found out that competitive shooting was a thing and just got rid of all that stuff and jumped off the deep end into competitive shooting and never really looked back since. My first uh, <laughs> match, um, my first major match that I went and shot actually was with uh, on Jerry Mitchell's squad. So that was hmm. a pretty unique experience. And I beat him on like three stages. So my first match ever, I beat him on three stages. That kind of just set my career off the charts basically right there. So that was yeah. pretty much all she wrote after that. I was hooked. <laughs> now, now, do you do uh, professional shooting as a day job or do you do other things? Um, I did, uh, before, um, then I took a break and wanted to try some other stuff and try and have like a normal day job, all that good stuff. And my mm. attention span is definitely not for that. <laughs> so trying to, uh, make that endeavor, uh, possible again. So, yeah, well, I've seen the videos and dude, uh, you probably teach me a few things about <laughs> shooting, which we should go in the range and be like boom 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 okay thank you i know what i'm doing now (laughs) oh yeah now you'd be surprised man like repetition really helps in this sport just doing it is Mm. part of it like you can have all the gear you can have all the cool stuff but if you're not out shooting constantly you're not Mm -hmm. proven so yeah well i believe that i will before the podcast i was telling you about how me and a buddy back in january were uh went to a range and target shot with 22 rifles and I was iron sighting at 17 yards <laughs> bullseyes. But then again, 22s don't kick a whole lot. Oh yeah. 22s but are awesome. Dear good. Oh yeah, they are. But yeah, I think I went through alone myself 500 rounds easily. Oh yeah. That's a good day right there. I mean, Oh man, we were there from 10 a.m. to two in the afternoon. Heck yeah, that's that's how my days usually are. I'll get on the range around nine ish, ten ish, and then I'm usually there till around five or six in the afternoon. And yeah. in that span of a few hours, I could have shot 30 rounds and then dry fired 200 shots, or I could have shot a thousand rounds. It just depends on what the day looks like. Mm-hmm. Brutal. <laughs> yeah. How's the shoulder feel after that? Oh, she's fine. She's been calloused <laughs> up for, for uh, I probably got close to a million rounds, if not over by now. So, yeah, all calloused up. <laughs> now, I was told by a buddy of mine to put the stock of the gun into your shoulder, the muscle versus your shoulder. Do you do that or a variant? Um, so, yeah, for the most part. Um, when I'm shooting like rifle and shotgun and stuff like that, you just want it more or less on the meaty part of your like pec on mm-hmm. the outside of it. And then actually shooting a long range, you need to be a lot closer to the gun. So you're actually putting your buttstock almost on where the ball joint is on your collarbone. Um, it's very right. strange when shooting long range because you really want to be squared up with the rifle to be able to control recoil impulse a little bit better as well as yeah. um, follow through with the rifle. But when you're shooting shotgun and rifle, in a speed kind of scenario, you're not necessarily worried about that. You're just worried about pulling the trigger fast and tucking it on the meatiest part of your shoulder and sending it's probably the best way to go. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, if it works, you work. Absolutely. Yeah. So, 
You said you grew up hunting all your life. Where did you usually grow up hunting? Um, so I'm from Tennessee. So we, uh, so uh, I'm from Southern Tennessee. So we've got a lot of whitetail out there. Um, mm-hmm. Not 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 necessarily the most enjoyable hunting. Um, a bunch of tree stand stuff, ground blinds, and pretty mm-hmm. much all all she wrote there. Humidity and bugs with it too. Um, but out here, uh, I kind of got out of the hunting crowd. Um, early on, well, not necessarily on right before I got into high school, I guess, because a lot of my friends that were big hunters were just your terrible hunters that are just poaching and just leaving animals and wounding. And, oh, God. and honestly, yep. back home, that's the majority of the hunting crowd is that type of people. And I just wanted to get away from that in all honesty. But now that I'm out here, it's a whole different beast. Uh, the hunters out in Colorado and Utah and all that stuff, they're extremely passionate about their or conserving the land and just like making sure the mm-hmm. animals are treated with respect and it's just a whole different beast out here so uh, and it's a whole different type of hunting as well you're doing a lot more spot and stock and things of that nature yep. it's to me walking around the woods with a gun is so much more fun than sitting in a tree stand and or a ground blind for eight to twelve hours at a time so <laughs> uh I've definitely looking that. forward to that oh yeah i've if I'm hunting, man, I'm usually getting in there around three o'clock in the morning before dark and I'm staying until dark. <laughs> so it's a long day. I get up a little later than I should. And it's like crap, crap, crap. Sunlight's <laughs> peeking and get in and finally show up. Oh, and yeah. you get those all day sets and nothing shows up. Yep. I couldn't tell you how many times I've done that. So that's also one of the reasons uh, I kind of got burnt out on that. There's only so many times yeah. you can, like if you're seeing stuff, at least it's not bad. Like I'm a trophy hunter too. I, I definitely meat hunt, but I've passed hundreds and hundreds of bucks and animals that I didn't want to shoot. Cause I was waiting for something bigger. And mm-hmm. man, it gets really disheartening when you're not even seeing does. <laughs> if you're seeing does, at least you're still feeling good. But if you ain't seeing anything, it's brutal. Oh, dude, getting sniffed out by a doe. Oh, That's yeah. even worse. Absolutely. You've been there for six, seven hours, and, and you're like, okay, I'm going home. <laughs> first two hours, I first two hours in. Oh. It, one time, I, I think my wife and I were sitting down in our blind, and we hear it's pitch blackout. We hear snorting off to our right, and it's like, we can't even do anything. Nope. <laughs> That's how it goes. So how'd you get into bow hunting and how do you properly do that? Um, so my dad's a really big archery guy. He builds his own bows. He builds his own arrows, mm-hmm. snaps his own broadheads. He does the whole nine yards with that. Um, I was kind of big into archery as a kid just cause I was wanting to do things that, you know, people say I couldn't do obviously. So I uh, got a bow. We basically made a little mount kind of how I have on my pistol. Uh, except it goes mm-hmm. on my left arm that just so I can hold it and then pull back. Fortunately, I didn't have a release, so I just had to basically rough it, even shooting compounds in this 50, 60. You're really going to town on your muscle and bone there, but they work. Um, I could consistently stay in that 40-yard range. Past that, I started uh, opening up pretty bad, but I didn't practice nearly as much as I probably should have either. So. <laughs> and, yeah. That's how it goes. Shooting arrows and shooting pistols are about the same. You got to practice that stuff all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. I can only imagine with your uh, right arm putting like some sort of an adhesive tape 
you know, like has a, a grip tape or something. So it's sticking to you, but then all you have to do is grab a hold of it with that and then let loose. Oh yeah. So we would pretty much just use a, uh, like the, uh, the finger tabs that people use that are leather. We basically just modify mm-hmm. one of those to work and it would be fine, but still having to roll the string off of the tip versus a release that just opens is going to get way much more consistency out of it. But like I said, back in the day when I was younger, shooting it didn't really matter as much but if i were to yeah, pick it back like, up it would be a whole different ball game i would be changing everything yeah, <laughs> yeah i imagine there's uh oh yeah there probably is a certain type of release you could use too oh yeah there's so many more things nowadays than back when i was in the sport anyways that was i mean i yeah. was probably like 10 ish so it's like 18 years ago <laughs> 10 to 13 yeah. so yeah, I imagine there's a uh, sip and puff triggers and everything else around the sun too. Oh yeah, all kinds of stuff nowadays. I know. I've looked at a lot of them, <laughs> and it's just like holy cow. Yep, they're just pricey, like all the firearms are. Oh yeah, that's how it goes. My optic on my long range gun is like forty six hundred bucks in itself, <laughs> and I got two of those. <laughs> yeah. But when you can see a thousand yards, you can see your impact. It's pretty dang worth it. Yeah, I still got the four by thirty-two on my crossy, and yeah, I shoot and I'm like, did I hit that? Yes, I did. Okay, <laughs> and that's at twenty. <laughs> oh, that's how it goes. I know. <laughs> right, well, not nearly enough time that I want. Oh yeah, but uh, those things. The four by thirty-two, the real cheap ones that come on the crossbow or the you know small rifle like a ten twenty-two, those things are harder than heck to properly sight in because they get knocked off a little bit and you follow the guideline for the twenty-yard click and it doesn't even move it. Yeah, now those things are usually pretty pretty sketchy. When you get into optics, like firearms these days, they're all more or less going to be about the same in quality, but your optics are what sets mm-hmm. everything apart from each other. Um, yeah, it, that's where you'll notice a big difference in quality of stuff is your glass. It helps a lot. Nice. Yeah. I know I got a, uh, got, I got a range finder this past year and vortex optic one. And yeah, that thing is awesome. Heck yeah. You know, to tell proper distance. Oh yeah. Gotta have a range yeah. finder. Yeah, turns out I was shooting about 30 yards right at my, uh, when I took my buck in 2021. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Didn't think it was that far. (laughs) I I misguidedly sighted in my bow at, on my crossbow at 30 yards versus 20. Hmm. Of course, beforehand, I didn't realize I had the, you know, I was just doing by the foot measurement and I got 13 inch feet. So. I'm like guesstimating the exact yardage. Yeah, that's close enough. <laughs> right. So with the shooting, what got you into each of the different uh, competition shootings? Um, Pretty much just tried a little bit of everything. Uh, shooting three gun is a pretty well-rounded discipline that, of course, you're shooting three guns. So, if you break that up into their own each individual discipline, then you've got like Ipsic shotgun, Ipsic rifle, Ipsic pistol, which is all basically 
three gun in itself, but it's just one gun at a time. Um, mm-hmm. then USPSA is just pistol only. Um, so I shoot that a lot for pistol practice and things like that. So if I just need to shoot pistol, um, three gun is obviously the three gun and then PRS is precision rifle shooting, which is strictly long range. Um, and in that sport, we're shooting out to 1400 yards at matches and yeah, it's a good time. Nope. Which one's your favorite? Um, they all have their own unique feel for sure. Like, uh, I've been a speedy kind of guy for most of my life. So doing the shoot fast and run around kind of thing is definitely a blast. Um, I love shooting Ipsic shotgun and shooting pistol and itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's something just something about shooting long range. That's just so nice when you get on your bolt gun and it's just so relaxing and it's quiet. You shoot without ears all day and first cold bore shot at a thousand you take, you smack the little six inch plate. Oh, there's not a better <laughs> feeling on the planet. <laughs> so of all the disciplines I've shot long range is the most rewarding not necessarily the most funnest mm-hmm. thing to watch. It's pretty boring, but as far as shooting goes, it's probably my favorite right now. But I've always been more of a long range kind of guy, anyway. So, in yeah. three in three guns, that's usually where I helped a lot of my times was being able to shoot long range decently well. So, kind of just carry yeah. over. Yeah, I imagine it take a little bit more i mean i've seen some of those shots where people are taking those record breaking hits uh shots and it takes them a good five minutes to set up but when you oh, get yeah. all the way out there and you hear that ding it's like <laughs> okay bullet drop gravity wind resistance all that hits in and you're actually able to hit the target oh yeah it's so, cool man so, once you uh once you get into it it's it's a whole different beast cool experience Mm -hmm. so have you taken since you gotten into prs have you taken the rifle out for hunting at all i have not it's like a 26 and a half pound rifle um maybe 27 you'd have to get in you'd have to get a little lighter of a rifle it's 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 not for hunting (laughs) now they have nrl hunter matches which are kind of like PRS mm-hmm. as well, but they are unknown distance. You have to go in and find all the targets on the clock and um, you have to have a gun that weighs under 12 pounds or 16 pounds, something like that uh, combined with all your mm-hmm. gear and shit too. So that's a pretty cool sport that I was thinking about getting into too. Uh, it's really hunter driven and uh, out here they love it because of all the hunters around and mm-hmm. stuff too. Um, but that, that well, that's more of that sport <laughs> for sure. Well, yeah, I mean that, that's actually a pretty cool competition if you think about it. I mean, you've oh, yeah. got to quickly assess every single target and then yep. get on them and shoot them. And that's some serious accuracy. Yep. It's a good time. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, hopefully we get to see you do that in a little while. It's on, it's in the tables. <laughs> There's so many things <laughs> that I've got planned up, uh, but it's definitely that's one of the sports that- I want to play. Yeah. So when you got out of your Call of Duty phase, what was the first firearms you picked up for three gun? For three gun? So I got out of the little tactical Timmy phase where I had like scars (laughs) and all that cool stuff. Um, Not so cool anymore. (laughs) Not in the military. So there's no reason for me to have all the tactical shit. Uh, So I ended up picking up a Daniel Defense rifle, which 
changed everything on it except for the lower. So don't do that. Don't buy an expensive rifle and then rip it all apart. Just build one from scratch. You'll be way happier. Um, mm-hmm. So I got me a Daniel Fence, basically rebuilt that completely. And then my first shotgun was a Sega 12. No, I got a bone stock Vepper 12 is what it was. And that was nothing fancy about that thing at all. And then a Glock 34. That was my first three gun setup. And then nice. probably a month later, it all changed. And then I got uh, hooked up with a few other companies and ended up building out my first 2011, which never looked back. It's all the only pistols I've run to this day, 2011s. Um, my AR, I uh, ended up getting picked up by Armalite Rifles. Uh, they built one of the best out-of-the-box three-gun rifles on the market at the time. Uh, for like 1600 bucks, you got literally everything you could possibly want in it out the box. You just had to buy an optic, slap on it, and shoot. Um, so that was my next rifle. And then my next shotgun was actually a Sega 12 um, made up by the dude that uh, built my pistol, Jack Travers, um, from JT Engineering. And that was pretty much all she wrote. Once you get an open shotgun and a nice open pistol, it all goes downhill from your wallet from there. <laughs> It was a good time. I believe that. Great I believe time. that. I got a Benelli. I got a Benelli Supernova pump action. Nice. Benelli makes good and stuff. It's got, oh, it's got the uh, tactical stock on it, so literally pistol grip style, mm-hmm. and it fits just right in there. The only right. problem is when disassembling that, you literally have to take disassemble because normally, you know, when they showcase disassembling a regular Benelli with a regular stock you only have to remove a few pins and everything just pops out yeah but with the pistol stock with the pistol grip stock on there you're actually going to take a long um bolt wrench i don't know why i'm saying bolt on that but (laughs) you know what i'm talking about yeah and actually un yeah and unbolt the uh stock from the uh receiver itself and i know Hmm. i'm saying that wrong uh, but, I, you know, you're, you're, you're on the track. Yeah. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. I know hunting regulations and rules <laughs> and all that and seasons, firearms, not so much. You can only fit so much in the filing cabinet, man. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Mine's hunting and barbecue and world war two. I have guns and that's about it. <laughs> Not even really like knowledge on guns, it's just how to shoot guns. <laughs> hey, that's a good thing to have. It's not a bad one. I'm no, okay it's with not. It. Yeah. I'm, so far, I've got the Benelli I'm very, very familiar with. I like it. I've, I know how to shoot it, and mm-hmm. it's something I like. I just got to get my foregrip right. I want to sh- pull up higher on it versus the pumpy. Mm. You know, because yeah, the slide comes back. Yeah, you yeah, gotta yeah. actually grip that versus the other one. Yeah, I don't know why, but I want to hold it like a rifle for some odd reason. <laughs> That's how it goes. It's that weird feel right. with the pistol grip throwing off from the hunting side of things. My first shotgun I had was a break action. So there you go. So I went from break action to Benelli. <laughs> nice. It's a good upgrade. <laughs> right. And it's black. It makes it look awesome. So scary. 
<laughs> yeah, right. So did you do any more customization to your firearms in terms of color or doing Call of Duty style on the colors? Uh, so I spray paint most of my stuff, um, which people kind of frown upon, but I don't give a damn. Uh, it keeps it separate from everybody else's stuff and looks kind of cool. Right. Um, as far as modifications go, I don't really do anything outside of the norm. Uh, I try to like, I try to keep my guns pretty similar to what everybody else runs just for simple fact of shit ever did hit the fan or something where I need to be able to use something else. I don't want to feel lost when I'm doing it. So pretty much use same or standard stuff whenever I'm shooting. The only thing that has any kind of modifications really is like on my pistol where it's got that like JB weld mount on the side. And then, um, mm-hmm. as far as rifles go, my safety actually reorient it to where it's at the 90 degree for safe. And then I push it forward for off safe. So outside of nice. that though, there's really no other modifications. And then once I get everything in and set up the way I want, I'll just tape it up and rattle can the hell out of it. So how did you learn to properly shoot? Uh, did it take a while to get there? Um, mostly just self-taught. Um, I, I have shot, I had the privilege of shooting with all of the greats in the shooting world, basically pretty much every discipline. Mm -hmm. Um, even had a lot of one-on-one sessions with most of them and just got to learn a lot. Uh, so with that, that definitely helps. But then again, there's not, there are a lot of the stuff I can't use obviously because it doesn't apply to me. Mm -hmm. So, um, being able to kind of be self-taught and also kind of take in some of the stuff that works and get rid of the stuff that doesn't work. Uh, it's always trying new things. There's never a right way to do anything, especially in the shooting world. If you ever set mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh, this is how I do it. This is the only way to do it. And there is no other way Then you're a loser and you're not winning anything. Uh, all the greats that I shoot with, they go to the range with an empty mind thinking they don't know how to shoot anything. And they try and relearn how to shoot every time they go to the range. So, hmm. It's a, a good concept. Again. It's a, a never-ending battle. <laughs> yeah. Well, something new comes out, or the gun has something wrong with it, and yeah, between new stuff coming out that makes things easier, and then just changing up basic fundamentals that you thought were good, but you never really asked yourself why does this work and why doesn't this work, and there you go, you might find something new that works. Like I'm just shooting around Jerry and um, leaning and a bunch of the other shooters like that that do weird stuff. Watching them do things is just so wild because they'll completely change their grip to some weird grip that you've never even thought of or wanted to think of before. And they'll do runs mm-hmm. that are just as good as the runs they were doing with the normal stuff. So it's like what works, what doesn't work. Um, yeah, just never stop trying because I'm so pretty you feel much uh, comfortable or not. Exactly, I'm pretty much a. Uh, perfect example of why like grip and stuff like that doesn't really matter when you're shooting because you can't exactly grip (laughs) yeah so like it's all shooting is all meant for whoever that person is whether you've got like arthritis in your hands or your weaker upper body Mm -hmm. it's just you got to be able to find the situation or find the way that works for you and run it yeah so what gave you the idea to put the accessories on there and who helped you get those? Um, so most of the stuff is um, pretty much just been like my kind of idea of things that like I 
picture in my head of how I want it to work. And then I just have to get it mm-hmm. done. Um, my dad was a huge help with all of that stuff. Uh, he's the one that kind of helped build the JB weld mount. Me and him both kind of went through that together. Uh, yeah. basically took a skeleton, wrapped it around it with a, it was a clothes hanger we made as a skeleton for it. And then just kept putting that JB weld steel stick all over it until it felt right. And it worked. And after that, as far as like mag loaders and stuff like that, we kind of did the same thing where we just kind of played around with different ideas that I kind of thought would work and he would make them and wham, bam, there we go. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, and then I noticed, uh, in several of your videos, you mentioned that you have to shoot rifles with your right hand and then pistol with your left. Now, how'd that work out? So I'm technically still right-handed, I guess, with pistols on the right side, all that good stuff. Um, but when I shoot, I use the tip of my left nub because my right nub's in the mount and everything, and then I'm pulling the trigger with a tip. So there's plenty of yeah. movement there. There's a risk. Um, and then with rifle, I'm manipulating it with this. So shooting fast, I'm moving from my elbow, uh, like shotgun rifle and stuff like that. But with PRS, I have a wrist as well. So once I get on there, I just apply a slight bit of pressure until it goes bang. I mean, I have a five ounce trigger, so it doesn't take much. (laughs) Yeah. Did you have to uh, have a custom uh, trigger? Well, Nope. Um, I just use the extended ones just because they're nicer. Um, okay. So just cause a little bit more space, but I can still use a normal one. No issues. Well, that's good. That's good. And I know I'm going to mess this up somehow, but Okay, now I have to ask this. Instead of asking about that, I'm going to ask about the uh, the pig head. Yeah. <laughs> so that's actually a, uh, a anime character from an anime called uh, Demon Slayer. Um, mm-hmm. That's like a cosplay mask type thing. I was trying to think of some goofy stuff for videos. Most of my stuff is like training content and things of that nature where I'm just shooting drills yeah. and doing stuff like that. Um, I was trying to think of some more like goofy or stupid stuff to do. And that just kind of popped in my head and seemed to be okay. <laughs> a lot of people seem to like it. Yeah. Now, how hard was it to shoot with that on? Dude, you don't even understand. Like looking, all I can see <laughs> through is that nose and I could see a hole about the size of a dime and that's it. And I was, you shooting, think? I was shooting at a target at like 35 yards away too. And I was just, third ipsic so it's not even that big <laughs> so like, the, the fact that i hit God. anything i was impressed with myself there <laughs> i was like holy shit yeah it's yeah all you have to say is guys i know what i'm doing i can shoot with a little <laughs> tiny hole i see through literally man it was like you had a dom to look through and that was it and these some people wear those things in cosplays all oh, yeah. the time. Oh yeah, they'll walk around freaking shows for hours and hours. Yeah, I could I did maybe like two takes, two or three takes at most of doing that video. And I was about to die from just not being able to breathe from just those two or three takes that I did. That was so you hot. That, <laughs> oh, you would think that it would make it like a mesh fabric down the bottom to be able to breathe properly. So hot. That thing is just a foam cap. <laughs> Made really well. No, thanks. I'm good. But yeah, brutal. it looks real good. Oh, yeah. It, it's like not cheap at all. It's from Russia. So apparently, like, if you want a lot of your cosplay stuff, you order that stuff from Russia. 
Uh, Etsy has like all the good stuff. I've got quite a few other very fancy cosplay helmets, masks, things that I don't wear or have any mm. purpose for, but they're just there. <laughs> yep. So apparently Russia's good at producing that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, yep. They're people. Oh yeah. There's some uh, strange ones over there. Uh, pretty autistic. Uh, too, huh? I guess. But, yep. Yeah. What it is. <laughs> yeah. I've known a couple of cosplayers and when I was running other fun events such like amp guard and stuff like that in my twenties. Mm-hmm. Nice. That was fun. Yeah. It's a different then world. A to pl- oh, so you've done stuff like that too. Uh, a little bit. I haven't really gotten into the cosplay stuff too much. Um, I got a giant manga collection of like, I don't know, probably like five, 600 manga that's on my shelf, but that's basically where I got the mask from. I just get those and toss them up on top of the bookshelf and, it looks good. It was good in the background when I was streaming on Twitch and all that good stuff for gaming and yeah. still pretty cool to look at and read every now and again. Favorite anime? Uh, probably Jujutsu Kaisen. It slaps. I've already read it all. Hmm. It's not over yet, so I can't necessarily say it's the best just because it's not finished, but uh, top three. I'm more of a new school guy, so like your Hell's Paradise is probably my number one for reading that one. That one slaps. Um, JJK is up there, probably number two since it's not done yet. And then go old school Hunter Hunter for number three. No Dragon Ball? Nah, I'm not a Dragon Ball guy, man. I didn't grow up with it. Dragon Ball? Yeah, so if I was watching anime as a kid, I was Yu-Gi-Oh as a kid. So that was was my anime when I was younger. Yu-Gi-Oh and then... uh, I I was watching Yu-Gi-Oh when I... Yeah, you said you're 28, right? Yep. So we're 10 years apart. So I was watching, yeah, Dragon Ball Super yep. and Dragon Ball Z and all that. Yeah, all my friends were the Naruto or Naruto guys and Dragon Ball guys and Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> I think I got a. There we go, Millennium Puzzle there and bunch nice. of stupid shit. <laughs> I had all the dumb tattoos. Well, you got those tattoos for a reason, right? Oh yeah. I got one, I got one for uh, my name in Kryptonese, so I know the feeling. Nice. No yeah. one ever sees it, and it's <laughs> literally on an arm. <laughs> They're like, "Wait, you have one?" Yes. So, what do you are you planning on uh, hunting anytime soon? I know I'm asking hunting questions, but this is the outdoor podcast. Oh yeah. No. Um. I'm actually going down the end of this year with my dad or the end of September with my dad. He's uh, got a hunt in Uncompadre area for archery elk and I'm not hunting this year. I didn't buy any points this year or last year, like a dingus. I should have been stocking up on them. Um, but I'm going to go down there with him and enjoy the campsite mm-hmm. and walk around with him a few times and hopefully we can swag something. Well, you are going to do any over the counter tags as well. Uh, I may. I've got a few outfitters that have reached me out recently or reached out to me recently to go and do some stuff um, since my social media has been taken off. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm kind of hoping we can do a little something with that. I was talking to somebody not too long ago about a wolf hunt um, in Iowa or uh, Idaho and yeah. got some interest in that. So that might be an end of the year thing. And who knows? Yeah. In Indiana, so, squirrel season just started, so 
that's what I'm doing after a podcast is going squirrel hunting. Heck yeah. I do love me so, some small game out here too. That's a good time. Well, if you're ever in Indiana, there's an open invite. Absolutely. <laughs> Greatly appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, get to see you in action if you ever sh- when you if you ever come in and say, "Hey, I'm here." <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. With matches, I mean, there's a good chance I'll be in Indianapolis before too long, or Indiana before too yeah. long. Yeah, so. I'm in the northeastern part, so that's Indianapolis is about an hour and a half away. So that's not too bad. That's good. Yeah, well, I doing the math here. About two hours. Excuse me. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Depending on traffic and construction. That's always traffic. Never Yeah, fails. and I-69 is, I-69 is always under construction. Not lying. There's a few places like that here that they've been under construction since I moved here, and it doesn't look like they've changed anything. <laughs> yep. They say, uh, there's a funny quote for our state, the caution cone is our state flower. <laughs> that's pretty cold <laughs> uh, I'm not joking you we have uh, an interstate not interstate but a uh, state road running between you know literally splitting right up to north of our my city and everything and it's c- completely caused traffic to implode I mean everything is just overfilling <laughs> And going from the hospital to the main shopping area takes about five minutes now. <laughs> yeah. I decided I had to go to a dentist appointment the other day and I had decided to take a shortcut and go up the highway and take a left. And that would get me to where I need to go really fast. <laughs> and nope. <laughs> Went from going like 60 to 20 to 15. Oh, I love it. Yeah. None better than yeah, standstill right. traffic. Nothing better. So, right. So, do you see yourself going and hunting mountain goats ever or mountain sheep? Yeah. I mean, if the opportunity is there, absolutely. That's definitely not a cheap hunt. But um, no. if the uh, That's- cards fall into place, you know, sure. Absolutely, I'll do that. That's my that's my dream hunt. That would be awesome. Oh man, for me it's the mountain. Oh, absolutely. Well, living out here, I, I just go and hike mountains and stuff all the time. But hunting mountain goats a different beast. You're going up there, and you're going in some of the most dangerous terrain possible. Oh yeah, you're in slate, freaking whatever that shit's called, or flak, the stuff that just falls Scree everywhere. Three fields. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. Oh man, and I have bad balance issues. Me too. <laughs> I don't have ankles, so yeah, my balance is awful. It doesn't necessarily you don't have look ankles. like ankles. Nope. So when I was born, my feet were actually backwards, and they like kind of chopped them off. I had like club foot, so they like cut them off at the base and then spun them around. They broke the bones, spun them around, and then uh, the ankles fused together. And mm. yeah, so here I am. <laughs> yeah, uh, born with bilateral club feet. Bam. And we were had, one of the few well, that got tested on. We were in that weird yeah. generation. I think I, the year after I was born, they figured out how to fix it. 
Well, my nephew, he's got club feet and he's had to have a lot of surgeries too. But I had the one surgery at one and a half on both my feet. And then that made it so I was supposed to get more apparently, but I never did. I wore braces. I had pins in my toes, which keeping up with my brothers, as they told me, I'd never walk. Mm-hmm. I put the pins through my toes. Yep. Whole spiel on that. But then come time for all that, I'm healed up and everything. And I didn't even realize I was had it till I was much older. Stress fractures are fun. Oh, dude, they are brutal. <laughs> In the feet or on the shins? Both. I've got, uh, so I've had 28 surgeries and my right leg was longer than the other one, I think by a little bit. So they put a bunch of plates and screws and stuff in there to kind of stunt the growth. And that causes all kinds of fun pain. Let me tell you there. I I can imagine to an extent, obviously each club foot is different than the other. Oh yeah. I know another guy, he's out of Arizona. He's got club feet and yeah, he nails it on the head. Each club foot is different than the rest. Yep. Every disability is different. There's mm-hmm. no two you of us have- the same, just like there's no two of us the same on the fucking planet anyways. <laughs> yeah, right. But pretty much having bad feet is fun, yet we're still going to do something st- stupid like a mountain. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Hell, I went to a doctor a couple of years ago, and I was trying to get mine taken off so I could just go ahead and get the prosthetics. <laughs> I was like, they're making some cool shit know. these days. Just go ahead, man. <laughs> Eat them. <laughs> yeah, he pretty much told you no, didn't he? Well, yeah, more or less. Uh, he, I went and did a bunch of psychic tests and stuff for it. and They approved me, and I just never ended up going and doing it just because I was like, I, have, oh. I don't want to wake up without a leg one day. But I probably should have done it because then I'd be ready to go with fucking robot legs now. And that's mm. I know a lot of people that are doing some badass shit with their prosthetics. So, yep. Yeah, and I forgot to mention, I forgot to mention before the show, this is PG 13. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, so, oh, you're fine. I normally, you know, if somebody, it's, you know, it's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like I told people before, if I get on the podcast, I'm usually very, very well mannered for everything, but, um, Real life, you and I are sailors. Oh yeah, no, oh, it's it's a whole different beast when you're around me, man. <laughs> There's not much of not much filter around here. Yeah, that's that's my problem. <laughs> so if I were to get, you know, it's like I try to for like podcasts, I will try my dangest to, you know, I have my son nearby too, so mm-hmm. I make certain that you know, obviously, I don't cuss up a storm in front of him. Wife gets after me and everybody else too. Oh yeah. But so I, that's why I treat it that way. But yeah, I would like seeing a podcast on YouTube recently. It's, um, God, un, it's, I forget the name of the shit one, but it's got some military guys and whatnot on it. Mm-hmm. And they get done drinking. They have beers on there. And I know mm-hmm. if I was like on that show, my mouth would show its. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's how it goes. 
Uh, these yeah. days, there's not much filter anyway. It's yeah. a wild world we live in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, where do you see yourself competition shooting wise in the next five years? I don't know, because if you'd asked me that five years ago, I would have probably given a completely different answer to where I'm at now. <laughs> um, if I wouldn't have uh, took a break, I would have probably uh, be pr- pretty far up there. So I'm kind of hoping that that's the route I go this time. Just mm. let it ride out and see where it goes. So hoping um, I've been up there pretty high in the shooting world uh, already. So just getting back there, competing consistently doing mm-hmm. two three majors a month is kind of where i want to be at because shooting professionally is definitely a dream of mine so being mm-hmm. able to just shoot matches and just practice for my job is sounds great so hopefully i'm there all right now do you have any potential sponsors are you still being sponsored from your last time around or you have to start the whole process over again fresh as can be i'm a black shirt <laughs> um well, so, yeah. well have a nice day see you later <laughs> yep so pretty much um after the five-year break and everything like a lot of the people i could probably reach back out to and uh do some stuff with but a lot of the companies have changed and a lot of things have changed overall just as far as like product itself a lot of the stuff i used to use is outdated tech and things of that nature mm-hmm. so um i, I when i went in it or into it the first time I didn't necessarily just pick up any sponsors that would just sponsor me kind of thing. Like, um, mm-hmm. I tried to shoot a bunch of different products, try a bunch of different gear out and see what I actually liked and what would work for me. And then once I was using that, I was shooting well with it. I was winning matches with it. Then I would go and reach out to the, um, the company and be like, Hey, I'm already using your stuff. Would you want to work with me? Uh, kind of thing. Yeah. So, kind of doing the same thing now with the PRS stuff since it's a whole different beast and a whole new world. No one really knows who I am. Um, I'm picking out the gear that I like to use and going to go at it the same route. So hopefully it works out for me. Yeah. Now for PRS and three gun, all that, do they have specialized categories for people with disabilities or do they just, everybody's lumped in good luck. Yeah. So you have like female division, or female category, uh, law enforcement, military category, and then your normal people. Um, mm-hmm. and I just compete against the normal people. So what? No military and law enforcement for the challenge? No. Well, I'm no law, no mill. So yeah. Well, it's overall. Yeah. I, they're in the overall scheme of things, but as far as like division yeah. and stuff like that goes, um, yeah, I'm just with the normies. Good yeah. old normies. So I, we both follow the same lady on Instagram, Taylor, Taylor Abney of at she, the seeker. Um, have you met her in real life? I don't think I have. Hmm. Eh. <laughs> <Neither> <laughs> have I, so <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot of people, uh, in the, the shooting scene that are the newer people I haven't met yet. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of the older scene, like being at SHOT Show all the time and things of that nature, I pretty much knew and met everybody in the industry. Um, but like I said, a lot changes in five years, so definitely mm-hmm. a lot of new faces and a lot of new faces and looking forward to meeting a bunch of them at SHOT Show this year. So so would you say you're still one of the new faces or are you just one of the old faces that showed back up? 
I'd say I'm probably one of the old faces that showed back up, but also a lot of people <laughs> have never heard of me too. Cause back when I was shooting, I only had like 28,000 sub or 28,000 followers on Instagram and like 15,000 on Facebook. Um, so there wasn't that many people that knew who I was. It was more of your just like inside the industry people, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. but now it's starting to get a little bit bigger. Whereas your normal people and things of that nature are starting to know who I am and make an association with me being a shooter and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's different. <laughs> I, I, I literally just came across you. Somebody shared your, uh, shooting. I'm like, yep. I need to talk. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely changed a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely excited to go and seeing the old faces again and definitely meeting some new. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm definitely a new face to a lot of people. So now shot show, where is that normally held? Vegas. I normally don't go. Oh, Vegas. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's awful. Now it's ringing a bell. Yeah. Shot show. Shot show is awesome. If you go to just like, look and walk around but if you work shot show it is awful it is brutal you will come back sick guaranteed every single time and when you're like five foot three everyone's typically taller than you are and you're about armpit height so everyone's wanting to come in with pictures and your head's right here and it's just a whole stank mess of armpit sweat over your shoulder all day it's great still still chair (laughs) you'll yeah. thank me later I'll get a tall one <laughs> mm-hmm. pretty much you just like walk up on it it's a throne you can decorate it with uh, various um, gun emblems and everything and just like sit there and, like sure yeah <laughs> perfect yeah, lean over howdy <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good job hey, that's, that's a good one to do so do you want to tell my listeners where to find you yeah, so thousand plus. <laughs> um, so on YouTube, um, No Handed Shooter, uh, I had two hundred subscribers on there like two weeks ago, and now I'm at like sixty six thousand uh, or something like that. So that took off crazy out of nowhere, which I'm super thankful for. Um, mm-hmm. No Handed Shooter on Instagram, my Facebook, I changed my name to No Handed Gamer when I started. Twitch streaming, but it won't let me change it back now for some reason. So I need to just make a whole new Facebook account. Um, but if you look up the No Handed Gamer on there, you'll find me there. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it right now. I'm going to be building a, or making a Patreon and a bunch of other stuff also to kind of help out and um, things of that nature. But yeah, as right now, just look for me on YouTube or Instagram and there'll be plenty of content on the way. I try to do something at least daily. Um, but with shooting, it's kind of hard to get a video every day of something new, but I still try. So, right. well, I'm definitely watching you do it, and hopefully, uh, get to see some new content then. So, thank you, Hunter, for coming on. And I also saw this. I know a hunter that actually hunts. That's right. <laughs> so. So thank you again for coming on and talking and telling us your story. It's been fun learning about all the different styles of shooting. And remember, everybody, stay adaptive.